0: Block Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Great show tonight. Uh, full of conflict, <laughs> full of surprise. One of the biggest issues, perhaps most controversial at the moment has to do with taking down statues and monuments uh, and getting rid of them, those that represent the, the Confederacy, uh, those that did not arise directly out of the Confederacy, but with people who had an affiliation with slavery could go back to our revolution, could go back to Christopher Columbus, 1492, uh, could go back to the 1920s, the 1930s, World War II, the 1950s, the 1960s, and 1980. Does the fact that black people want certain statues removed and memorials to certain people has to do with the relationship these people had with blacks which, in effect, demeaned black people. So I'm going to talk about some of these people tonight that have already been mentioned as being, we're going to go after them because their stature should not remain. And I'm smiling when I say this because I know a couple of these are going to surprise you. Every I've got five or six names for you. I'm going to share with you in a brief story. Each one, each one, is already being written about very briefly perhaps but they're already being discussed as maybe they gotta go so guess what we're going to start with and this is under consideration minimally right now but was jesus white was jesus christ a white man interesting isn't it uh it's a question it really is a question because we got all kinds of statues and everything else all over the country uh, of Jesus Christ. He's always white, never black. <laughs> uh, you know, it's okay. The Confederate flags and the generals, uh, presidents, even saints, they want to they take down. But Jesus Christ, you want to take down the blacks. Some blacks say his Jesus' statue in church, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph's statues. Uh, Murals and paintings in church, Uh, windows, religious windows in church should be removed and changed if Jesus, Mary, and or Joseph are white. Uh, And this is where it's going. This is the next step. It's already been opened up. The issue has been opened up. Harvard University and the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, There have been a couple of reviews on this issue in in very recent times. Okay? Now, the issue begins with who said Jesus was white, had blue eyes, and blonde hair? I mean, it's not in the Bible. (laughs) Where did this come from? Uh, And, again, there is a move now raising the issue. Because if he wasn't white, then we got to get rid of all these statues, pictures, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and replace them with black Jesus, black Mary, and black Joseph. Christ crucified on the cross, black Christ. All right, now, the, the main thrust of all this, the basic reason why blacks believe Jesus was not white, is that he was a Palestinian Jew. Palestinian Jews are not white. They're brown, okay? They are brown. And no question he was a Palestinian Jew, so he could not have been white. Also, uh, a white Jesus is not reflective of the black man or the black thinking, because a white Jesus in our country, okay, uh, reflects a connection, the white Jesus with the white man, and in no way takes into account the oppressed, the black people. I mean, if Jesus is white and you're black, I mean, where's the support that he can give you? He's not of your color. He's not one of you. And the other reason is... If Jesus is white and God is white, authority is white, and blacks in this country are anti-authority, understandably so, okay? Now let me ask you this. Did you ever see in your mind, ever see in your mind a black Jesus? Unless you were black maybe. No, okay, no. Does it make you uncomfortable that Jesus might not be white? but a brown person. Does it make you uncomfortable? Twenty years ago, the NCR celebrated the new millennium with an art contest. And the topic or thrust of what people should paint was what would Jesus Christ look like in the year 2000? The winner was a Janet McKenzie. She painted a dark, thick-lipped, looking out on us with in dignity with sadness but confidence she painted a black man thick-lipped looking out on the rest of the people so we're going to get into it this year next year I mean if the, if the blacks can have a degree of success a significant degree of success and they're already having success it, this black movement with regard to confederate statutes etc. Cetera, et cetera, is a winner for them and it's far pro- it's proper uh, don't forget, these were treasonous people, the Confederates. Forget they were black or white. They were, they were treasonous. They did not like the United States. Uh, and I, I'm going to tell you this right now. I was a history major. I was deep into the Civil War, and I was deep into uh, the Russian Revolution. Uh, as to the Civil War, had the Union lost, the Confederacy would have hung Abraham Lincoln. So let there be no doubt about how were things how things were going then which brings me now to abraham lincoln because because there is a lot of material on whether abraham lincoln was a racist there is no question that he became anti-slavery but there is a serious question that he never believed in equality Socially or politically between blacks and whites. They were inferior in those two regards. Yes, even after the Emancipation Proclamation, even after he signed the resolution for the 13th Amendment. All right, now here's the story. Uh, Historians have been discussing this for years, whether Lincoln was a racist. Uh, He was in his early days, you know, back in Illinois, 1830s, 1840s. The Civil War moved him towards freeing the slaves. His reasons for doing so were not necessarily from an honorable perspective. Rather, they were based on the practicalities of a situation. Lincoln was a practical man. He was an expert politician. Early in his life, he favored abolition because he believed if a man worked, he should have the benefit of his labors, and he should be able to live as he wanted to. That uh, did not mean, and so if black men worked hard, and he always saw them working hard, whether it was in Illinois, when he was younger, later on, then they deserved to be free. They could work as free men to take care of themselves and their families. However, he was opposed to racial equality for the reason the black man did not possess the same mental attributes of a white. He believed the black man was inferior. This is written up all over the books my friends uh, by the end of the civil war lincoln was on an upward arc though he was heading toward becoming the man he has since been mythologized as being the great emancipator the man who freed and loved the slaves his journey however was not complete on the day he died S- lincoln was still wrestling on that day with race when he died lincoln's early position regarding slavery is clearly spelled out in the fourth of his debates with Stephen Douglas in 1858. Uh, Douglas and Lincoln were running for the United States Senate to represent the state of Illinois. Douglas won. They, uh, and then two years later, Trump uh, what's his name? Uh, Lincoln beat him for the presidency. Anyhow, in their fourth debate, uh, the issue came up as to what Lincoln's position was with regard to race. And here's what he said, and I quote, I will say that I am not, nor have ever been, in favor of bringing in any way the social and political equi- equality of the black and white races. <coughs> he, excuse me, he followed with he opposed blacks having the right to vote, to serve on juries, to hold office, and to intermarry with whites. He concluded his speech with, and this is pretty powerful, I quote, I will say, in addition to this, that there is a physical difference between the black and white races, which I believe will forever forbid the two races from living together on terms of social and political equality. And inasmuch as they cannot so live, while they remain together, there must be a position of superior and inferior And I, as much as any other man, am in favor of having the superior position assigned to the white race. Lincoln, at the time, was no different than most males. Whether living in the North or the South, they all were white supremacists. Yes, even Lincoln was a white supremacist. (coughs) Excuse me again. Some other quotes of Lincoln symbolizing his thoughts at various times in his life. A few of them, they tell you the way the guy thought. Quote, I have urged the colonization of the Negroes in Africa, and I shall continue. Recall that back around 1824, I think it was President Monroe, uh, he thought the blacks should be sent to Africa. They could live happily. A country would be formed. A country was formed for them. Uh, I think it's called uh, Monroeville or something like that. Uh, It didn't work out, but it was tried. All right. And he thought that was the way to do things, don't he? He wanted to continue trying the colonization of the Negroes in Africa. He thought that was the solution. Get them out of the country. Let them live the way they want to live. He also said, and I quote, I can conceive of no greater calamity than the assimilation of the Negro into our social and political life as an equal, as an equal. Further, and I quote, Within 20 years, we can peacefully colonize the the Negro under conditions in which he can rise to the full measure of manhood. This he can never do here. We can never attain the ideal union our fathers dreamed with millions of an alien inferior race among us whose assimilation is neither possible nor desirable. Politics always played a major part in his decisions, though. Uh, he, he was a practical man again. He was a politician. Uh, he believed in colonization. He wanted to send the blacks to Africa or Central America to live and govern themselves. We're in the middle of the Civil War. It's 62, 1862. I'm sorry. Lincoln called black leaders to a White House meeting. Even in those days, There were black politicians. There were black businessmen. The blacks had leaders. Amazing, isn't it? He called black leaders to a White House meeting. He pushed colonization big time, sent them to Africa. The black leaders were adamant in their opposition. Lincoln argued that given the, quote, differences between the two races and the hostile attitude of whites towards black people, it would be, and I quote, better for us both therefore to be segregated. The blacks refused to be swayed by Lincoln's argument. They argued African Americans were as much natives as the United States of the United States as white people and thus deserved the same rights. Sound familiar? Lincoln gave up colonization, never spoke of it again. The next year, 1863, he issued the Emancipation Proclamation. Now, <laughs> Everybody thinks that most people in America, not everybody, thinks that that's what freed all the slaves. It did not free all the slaves. What it did was this, and please, I hope I make this clear. He was a war president. He knew the South needed the help of the slaves to successfully carry on the war. Two reasons: the South, the South needed the slaves to raise raise the food to feed Confederate soldiers. Additionally. The Confederacy had begun to absorb slaves into the Confederate Army to fight against the Union. Lincoln's smart guy sought to solve the problem by issuing the Emancipation Proclamation. It freed slaves only in a limited fashion. It freed those still living in Confederate states, can't help them raise the crops, and those fighting in the Confederate Army. Okay, because they're already in the Confederate Army, they're fighting against the Union. Evidence reflects how tightly the Emancipation Proclamation was drawn to solely accomplish the two items. Any black Confederate soldiers who had been captured by the Union did not receive freedom from slavery. So the practicality of Lincoln comes out, and the fact that he really didn't care about the black man being free, not being a slave— He cared about freeing the black man to the extent it would be of assistance immediately to the Union. In the next two years, many blacks fled the South, fled those states where they were free now, to fight for the Union. 200,000. By the end of the war in 1865, Lincoln was very much impressed with how these blacks had fought. Truly impressed. They did a hell of a job, the black fighters. Lincoln felt the slaves had earned their freedom by their bravery. Something legal was required since the 1863 Emancipation Proclamation did not take into account all slaves. The 13th Amendment would and did. It was the instrument by which all slaves were freed. Lincoln approved the Joint Resolution of Congress, which authorized the 13th Amendment, on January 1, 1865. Ratification by state legislatures was required to make it part of the Constitution. Ratification, unfortunately, did not come until 18 months after Lincoln was killed. <clears throat> it did, however, free all slaves, thereby earning Lincoln the title of great emancipator at that time after the war was over and for the reasons I have given. Uh, The task was not complete. Perhaps if Lincoln had lived, we would not be in the position we are with present-day black-white conflicts because he was moving towards equality but wasn't there yet mentally. Historians are not sure how much further Lincoln would have pushed the black-white issue had he lived. Therefore, no one knows what Lincoln's final thoughts would have been to the issue. But but, because Lincoln said these bad things about the black people when he was running for office while he was in office, where he openly said, you know, I I believe in uh, abolition, but I don't believe in equality. Uh, Many blacks today don't want his statues to remain up. It's coming to the forefront. And when I wrote this, this was my this was my Saturday blog, I think. What's today? Tuesday, Monday, Sunday. It was my Saturday or Sunday blog. I can't remember. I know about Lincoln. Lo and behold, <laughs> that yesterday morning, yesterday morning, there's an article that students at the University of Wisconsin Madison. Want the statue? Of, the beautiful statue of Abraham Lincoln. It's like he's sitting in the Jefferson, in the um, Lincoln Memorial, just not quite as large, but big mammoth. They want it taken down. Okay, it, the Black Student Union says it's a symbol of racism. Okay, uh, there was an article in the Bla- in the Blaze Sunday morning said, you know, these students want Lincoln statue removed. He was anti-slavery; they agree, but he was was not pro-black. Now, this is a fine distinction. He was anti, but I told you he was anti-slavery, but he wasn't pro-black. That was indicated in what I told you a few minutes ago. And the uh, president of the Black Student Union said, and I quote for this article: "He was very publicly anti-black. Just because he was anti-slavery, does not mean he was pro-black." So for all the good Lincoln did, there are some black people who want a statue removed and not left out in public places. I think that's going a step too far. I think that's going many two steps too far. Uh, I don't think it fits. It's wrong. It's wrong. Now, this gets stupid. This gets silly. But this is where this is going. Take the statues down. You know, it, this one owned slaves. Uh, not. I read about George Washington. We all know George Washington owned slaves. What did he do, though? He gave them all their freedom when he died. It was in his last will and testament. Uh, didn't I come across an article? The black group was upset with George Washington. He, he, they admitted he did good when he freed the slaves in his will. But his wife owned seven slaves, and she didn't give them up. His wife owned Seven Slaves. Isn't that going a step too far again? Well, I don't know how many of you remember Howdy Doody, okay? I, I am old enough to have watched the Howdy Doody show. Uh, Howdy Doody, Uncle Bob <laughs> and Clarabelle from the mid-1940s through 1960, radio and television. Uh, great show. They had a great song, too. Uh, they used to bring the kids on to sing the song. Every day they had a peanut gallery, they called it, and they'd bring maybe 20 young kids and real young, small, small, and they'd sit there and sing the Howdy Doody song and throw peanuts. And the, like, listen to the Howdy Doody song, the opening stanza. Uncle, this is Buffalo Bob, and he says to the kids, What time is it? The kids, it's Howdy Doody time. I love this. That's why i got to do this. It's Howdy Doody time. Bob Smith and Howdy Too say howdy Do to you. Let's give a rousing cheer, because Howdy Doody's here. It's time to start the show. So, kids, let's go. Now, what does this have to do with black people and slavery? Well, as it turns out, peanut Gallery is a bad term. In the days of vaudeville, the black people were poor during those days. They could not afford to go to the theater. The theater was vaudeville. They had to buy the cheapest seats, which were way up on top in the the theater. And all they could eat was the cheapest thing that was being sold, which were peanuts, probably the popcorn of today. But popcorn's expensive today. So they'd sit up there in the top rows, and if they didn't like part of the show, uh, they'd yell and scream and throw peanuts down at the Performers. Uh, Howdy Doody Show had a peanut gallery. Those young kids brought in every day to sing its Howdy Doody time and to clap and cheer. They were labeled to be sitting in. They were the the peanut gallery. Someone must have made a mistake and did not see where it came from. It's anti-black or the black people today consider it anti-black. So no one said get rid of Howdy Doody yet, but it's coming. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, great president. I, my God, he, his face, he's one of the five presidents on Mount Rushmore. What could be greater than that? Went up San Juan Hill on a horse. They followed him. After he was done with the, the war and before he became president, his wife died. He went out west and spent a couple of years as a cowboy, a 4 real cowboy, rode a horse. There's a reason for the horse. The horse plays into this. And then, after he was president, he went to Africa. He liked to hunt animals, and he used to ride a horse in Africa. The Museum of Natural History in New York City, great museum. You've got to go. <laughs> uh, I never looked at it as being great because of Thomas a Theodore uh, Roosevelt statue in front, but because they have the biggest dinosaur I've ever seen on the first floor as you walk in the door, it's all bone big, huge, magnificent. Anyhow, my grandchildren liked it too, and it was a thrilling day when I took them. Be that as it may, there's a statue of Theodore Roosevelt in front. He's riding, he's on his horse. On one side, he's got an Indian standing, on the other side, a black man standing. And the Black people want Theodore Roosevelt's statue removed. And it's been removed last week. And why do they want it removed? Because it's sort of the fact that the Native American and the black man were standing and walking while Roosevelt was riding, put down the black man and the Indian. Okay? Uh, it made them... Look like they were subjugated people. That was the term used. And they said that makes them look racially inferior. Okay? Uh, So it had to go. And this one didn't go hard because the city of New York owns the building museums and it owns the land. Mayor de Blasio is the mayor of New York City and he says, Yeah, could be. Sounds problematic. We'll have to let it go. He's married to a black woman, he has a lot of children. May have had nothing to do with, may have had something, but he went easy and he says, "Got to go, and it's gone. I don't know where they put it. <laughs> so that's another great man the blacks are were or are after. How about Ronald Reagan? Lincoln was the greatest president this country ever had, and I think the second or third greatest is, by most people, Ronald Reagan. Was he a racist? Did anyone ever think he was a racist? Okay? Well. In October 1971, when he was governor of California and Richard Nixon was president, they had a telephone call together. It was a taped call, okay? It just so happened that week, the week previous, there was some big issue in the United Nations, and the American position was brutally defeated because the African delegates got together Uh, They did not agree with the United States' position, and they sort of embarrassed us. I guess the way it happened, they voted, they killed us with the vote. Well, Reagan, they were talking about it on this tape conversation, and this is a comment preserved on that tape. And these were Ronald Reagan's words, and I quote: "To see those those monkeys from those African countries, damn them." They're still uncomfortable wearing shoes. Monkeys, still uncomfortable wearing shoes. President Ronald Reagan, they're going to go after Ronald Reagan now. Because there's, there's articles on, should he be called a racist because of that? Then there's Harry Truman. I love Harry Truman. Key West loves Harry Truman. I think everyone loves Harry Truman. Harry Truman was a, was a southerner. <laughs> you got to remember this. Farmer from Missouri. (laughs) Uh, And they used to say, Harry Truman, when he was president, gave him hell. He also, it's been said, he gave him hell as a racist. While he was president, he made civil rights a federal priority. For the first time, any president did this since Reconstruction. Okay? Nonetheless, nonetheless, Truman expressed strong racist sentiments, before, during, and after his presidency. 1911, he's young now. He's 27 years old. He wrote a letter to his uh, wife-to-be, Bess, and he said, and I quote, I think one man is just as good as another so long as he's honest and decent and not a nigger or a Chinaman. The Lord made a white man from dust, a nigger from mud. Then he threw up what was left, and it came down a Chinaman. I am strongly of the opinion Negroes ought to be in Africa, yellow men in Asia, white men only in in Europe and America. You see how the white people, we come from Europe and don't want to know any other people. Uh, So Truman was a racist. This was his early thinking. This was his later thinking, too, even though he did good things. He also wrote to his daughter, uh, Margaret, while he was in the White House, and he was describing the waiters in the White House to Margaret. And he described them, and I quote, as an army of coons. Also, in a 1941 letter to Margaret, he wrote of the Civil War. Uh, he says, I feel, I quote, I feel as your old city, your old country grandmother has expressed it. What a pity a white man like Lee had to surrender to old Grant. Uh, I've got more and more and more, but my time is running out. All I want to say is that as President Trump, uh, Truman represented everyone, but his prejudices can stay there. He put them in his back pocket till he got out of office. They came back again at that time note though he ordered the desegregation of the armed forces also another big deal now that's the story on these people i didn't get past this i had other stuff but not on the people that uh the blacks would like the statues taken down i would hate to see truman go another great president people felt the way they did what can you do uh what can you do that's the way it is Uh, I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. It was a bit different. Uh, I enjoyed preparing it. I enjoyed presenting it. I look forward to being with you again next week. Thank you again for joining me tonight.